Welcome to a Vibrant Vision podcast. This podcast series explores the book, A Vibrant Vision, written by Richard Seaman, the chairman of Seaman Corporation. This podcast will be an asset on the way to understanding all the book has to offer, and you will get to hear from Richard and the supporting players that have made Seaman Corp what it is today. I am your host, Jared Ribble. This episode is part two in a two-part series about strategic planning. In part one, Richard shared how setting up a robust strategic plan for your company is the foundation for the success of planning and decisions. A business must be intentional in their planning, but even more so in their process. Richard says in his book, strategic planning is critical to the long-term sustainability of any organization. It is more than simply developing a plan for the future. Effective strategic planning is more about the process than it is about the plan itself. Let's pick back up with Richard and talk about the one thing we all dread, a recession. Michael Porter an author, academic, and professor at Harvard Business said, strategy is about setting yourself apart from the competition. It's not a matter of being better at what you do. It's a matter of being different at what you do. When the recession of 2008 hit, this was exactly what Seaman Corporation was able to claim for themselves, that they were different from their competition. When the uh, 2008 cri financial crisis started, and I think it was the fall of 2007 when you began to see some issues occurring, the, the failure of Lehman Brothers was sort of the start of all of that. We were in the midst of our strategic planning process on the strategy side, not, not the business planning side, but the strategy side. And it was in the end of our first business quarter, it was January of 2008 when the full impact of this financial crisis was indicating that the business plan we had for 2008 was probably not going to unfold <laughs> the way we thought it was when we put that together. But the fact that we had been in our planning process strategically and the fact that we had a plan together that was based on certain assumptions, we could recognize very early that the financial crisis was going to have a severe impact on us. We also felt that when we came out of the crisis, that the world would look different. And so having a three to five year plan out there, we, we knew what our opportunities would be that might vary somewhat from the crisis. But we felt it would be very short-sighted if we just simply pulled back on the investments of everything that we wanted to do. But there were there were two important things that I think strategic planning helped us to do. First of all, it allowed us to identify the impact of that crisis on us early in the game. A lot of businesses didn't make decisions about making adjustments because they didn't recognize how severely that financial crisis would affect their business. So they delayed making decisions. The second thing it allowed us to do was identify those parts of our business that we felt were going to be different when we come out of this crisis, but continue investment in those areas that we still think, thought were going to be opportunities. 
We did not do an across the board cut, for example, like a lot of companies did just every department take a 10% reduction in your cost so we could match the cost with our reduced revenue. What we did was make cost reductions that we felt would be permanent reductions, even if they were human resource implications to that, you know, um, but, but ones that we didn't necessarily feel would be coming back. And then we continued to make investments in those areas where we thought there would be growth opportunities as soon as things started to turn around. The net result of that was that we had two quarters that were very, very challenging. But by the third quarter, we had returned to profitability. And by the fourth quarter, our business rate was almost the same as it had been the previous fourth quarter before the crisis started. I attribute that performance and that ability to react quickly, be nimble enough to react quickly, to adjust to that and get back on a track of revenue growth and profitability growth in less than 12 months. I attribute that to an effective strategic planning process. Max Stark, the strategic planning consultant Seaman Corp used for many years, believes that the business of being planful and putting all the right players in place to execute this plan is what gives you a competitive edge in navigating a crisis. Well, first of all, just the business of being planful, um, it alone it helps with any kind of crisis. Dick is very fond of saying that the process is even more important than the plan. Because if you do strategic planning well, in other words, inclusively get the right players uh, to be part of it. The need for a team of people, but not just any team, the right team with all the right people in the right seat on the bus is imperative to making the strategic planning process successful. The way we structured Seaman, the Seaman plan, the way I routinely structure it with most clients is that we have a central planning committee that is, I mean, they're anywhere from six to 18 people, depending on the entity. But off of that, in these buckets that I call key result areas, there are teams that go deeper into the sub areas you know, of the plan. And in that way, you can reach into, like the Seaman plan, we would routinely involve, you know, I'm gonna guess something like two dozen, 30, you know, 25, 30 people at the at the sub level uh, that with the central committee maybe being you know eight or nine people something like that the the management team um but so being planful and and being inclusive and doing it in a, in a there's no better team building in my opinion than having people create goals and strategies together because frankly the one thing that every team has to have people i ask that question what does every team have to have and they'll say good communication role role differentiation um leadership and i'll say yeah those are all great but that's not the one thing the one thing you have to have as a team or you're not a team is a common goal otherwise you're not a team jeff swartz CEO of Seaman Corporation is keeping the flexibility of the company at the forefront today as different demands and stresses come into play. With COVID being the most recent crisis to hit both homes and companies, Jeff's nimble planning and his focus on the value proposition was imperative to coming out of the crisis. What's important to us is our strategy is not fixed in stone. Although we, we develop a three-year strategy 
edit it or tweak it every year, we want to make sure that we remain flexible in what we're doing to be able to react. So as things change in the marketplace, as things change from a competitive standpoint, uh, or you know we have issues with labor or supply chain or whatever it is, uh, or inflation, you know we have the ability to adapt and uh, and quickly change. And I think that's one of the values of having an aligned organization on our overall vision is that you know as long as we don't stray from that, we have the ability to to be very very flexible and and react as, as things change in the market. The nature of the plan is that here's what here's how we would like to proceed, but we are aware if if something happens that it causes us to have to adapt, then we will be able to have a, a clear, uh, agreed upon approach that we can then say which parts of this do we want to alter, what are we going to you know not do, what are we going to let go of, what are we not going to invest in in terms of uh, dollars and resources. Because we've got to, you know, this has a higher priority than this. So I think what also helped in 08, 09 was that we had this clear plan that we then knew, okay, some parts of this plan we're not going to alter. Other parts we will because this is a higher priority. Richard reminds us that when a crisis of any kind hits, it will not be the only time this happens. And you need the right people and process to navigate this as well. All you know is that every five to 10 years, there's going to be an economic tsunami that will come down the pike. Again, you just have to have a business and a leadership team that can recognize it early, be strategic enough in their thinking to get some vision of what it's going to look like on the other side and make the very best decisions you can make for your organization to... Uh, at least remain profitable through those turbulent times. And there isn't anything that does it any better than really a consistent, robust strategic planning process. In a moment, Richard and Max will discuss some important building blocks of strategic planning and likely challenge some of what you knew about creating a mission statement to guide you. That and more, but first. Established in 1949 and now headquartered in Wooster, Ohio, with additional manufacturing in Bristol, Tennessee, Seaman Corporation is known worldwide for the production of high-value, high-performance fabrics. Among some of the applications, Seaman Corporation fabrics are used for geomembrane liners, architectural structures, truck tarps, roofing membranes, and applications for the military and government. With the combination of a unique puncture-resistant fabric construction with a commitment to superior customer service and satisfaction, Seaman Corporation fabrics exhibit incomparable product performance. Being a part of the Seaman team not only puts you on the forefront of industrial fabric innovation, but also affords some wonderful benefits all housed within a family atmosphere. If this sounds like a place you need to be, visit SeamanCorp.com slash join dash our dash team. We learned how Seaman Corporation was able to successfully navigate a recession, as well as nimbly work through the stress of COVID because of their intentional and robust strategic planning processes. We have walked through the many different components that make the strategic planning process work effectively. But one building block that often starts the process, but maybe should be looked at a little differently, is creating a mission statement. The traditional way in which businesses start strategic planning is they 
you know, they bring a consultant in and that consultant then leads a process which tries to define, okay, what is the mission statement? They want the manager's leadership to define the mission statement. And then we'll start the planning process from that. I think it's really difficult to identify your mission statement if you don't have a true understanding of what your own strengths and weaknesses are, you know, what the history of your company is, and to some degree, where you where you want to, where you see your opportunities and where you want to go. So I've always found that if you go through the process of identifying who you are as a company, what your strengths and weaknesses are, what you think your market opportunities are, who are the customers that you want to serve, what's the competitive nature out there of trying to determine how you're going to accomplish your, your business success, it becomes much easier then to step back and define what your mission statement is, what your vision and your mission statement is, uh, versus trying to do it at the beginning. And I think the quality of the, the ease of defining that mission statement and the quality of that mission statement will be better if you do it after you do some of these other strategic planning process items when you're starting your strategic planning process. Now, obviously, after your first cycle or two around strategic planning, your mission statement should be pretty firm at that point. What you don't want to do is have a mission statement that you change every year that you do your cycle. It's not a very sustainable mission statement if you've done that. Um, But I think mission statements are an evolution. They're not a declaration. (laughs) Max has his own journey with mission statements, and he brings that knowledge to this strategic planning table. Peter Drucker, who was one of the you know great thinkers in the last century about strategic planning and, and, and organizations and strategy, he said a good mission statement should last 100 years. So you can see right away the difference between that kind of concept and what Dick's talking about. So The question is, is the mission of the enterprise kind of locked into the founding story of of the enterprise? And is it really big picture? And is it going to last, you know, a long time? Um, uh, If you're going to talk about, or is it something that might take a decade? You know, when John Kennedy in 1960, he was at a press conference and he pointed out out uh, out the window of the conference room and said the moon was out there. It was apparently it was e- early evening, and he, the moon was literally there. And he pointed at the moon and he said, "We're going to be on that in t- within ten years." That, so, is that a mission? Absolutely, that's a mission. And um, uh, but it's it's a mission that's not a hundred year mission. You know, it was a shorter frame. So, one of my bugaboos about mission, as Dick knows, is that mission, like what I said to you about vision, can often be. I think very soft in general and not specific. There are two enterprises that invented the word mission before there was any strategic planning and they are the military and the church. There's mission is a church thing. Mission is a military thing. And I say, so what is a mission in that context? Say in the military context. And they'll say, well, mission is take that hill. And I say, exactly. So a good mission statement is not actually something that you do every day. It's not just a description of what you do. It's got to have some creative tension in it between where you are now and where you would love to be. And I think Dick and I agree on that, that a good mission has to have a sense of we're not there yet, but boy, we are, we are hell bent on getting there. 
uh, even if it takes us 100 years or hopefully 10. Um, that's what a mission is. And a lot of missions don't have that. They, they just describe what it's. I think they're more like a purpose statement or, or something like that. If you need a mission statement that has the longevity of 100 years, what are the questions to ask to get there? I always ask three questions when I work on a mission from scratch uh, with a, any enterprise. I say, who, who should we primarily serve? That's the first question. Who should we primarily serve? Secondly, what value or benefit should they receive? Not, not what product or service, that's a different level, but what human value, human benefit should we be delivering? And then the third question is, if we did that really well for years and years and years, what would happen? What, what outcome are we after? That's the, that's the take the hill part. So those are the three questions. And then we try to shrink it down. There's a trend in current work where the mission statement has become a kind of really a marketing tool. And it's more like a tagline. So people have these three word mission statements. They don't, in that context, they don't, they're not very useful as a compass or a North Star. Um, uh, they're, they're potentially useful for a marketing purpose. But they're not what I, what we, you and I have just been talking about. They don't answer those questions, and um, so they leave that, you know, kind of open. So, what is Siemens Corporation's current strategy? Well, in a moment, Jeff will give us those building blocks. That and more. But first, this podcast is a small snippet of the great information housed inside of Richard Siemens' book, A Vibrant Vision: The Entrepreneurship of Multi Generational Family Business. To have a vision of growing a small family business into a sustainable multi-million dollar business requires distinctive processes that support innovation, human capital development, strategic planning, and quality assurance in manufacturing and service. A Vibrant Vision shares the experiences of the author in his growing family business after his father passed away at a young age and building this industrial fabrics business into a multi-million dollar company, while at the same time encouraging his children and grandchildren to become stewards of this treasure we call a family business. To get your own copy of this book, visit Amazon.com. Welcome back. Before the break, we spoke with Max and Richard about their views on mission statements and where that comes within the strategic planning process. Both of these gentlemen have some final words for us about strategic planning and how we should view the process overall. I'd say to people there are three key things that any strategic plan has to cover in terms of the strategy. One is, one is the obvious, which is what are we good at? You know, any kind of strategy has to be something that you're good at. And a lot of even big companies make mistakes getting involved in things that they're not actually good at. So that's one. The second is what does the market need? You know, what is there a need for this? We, maybe we we're really good at something. Making buggy whips is the one Dick always use, uses because it's in several books. But, um, you know, buggy whips are no longer needed. So um, you got to make sure that the two things that we're, we're uh, the, the market needs it and we're competent, we're good at it. We've got competency. The third thing, which a lot of enterprises sometimes ignore is uh, what are we, what are we passionate about? What do we really want to do? What matters to us? What do we care about? If you have all three of those, we're good at it. We really 
want to do it and there's a need, there's a market want, demand, desire. If you have those three things, you've got good strategy. Strategic planning is is hard work. And um, the effectiveness of your process really does depend a great deal on the pre-work that you do. You really need to have good information about your markets and you really need to have good information about your competitors and you have to be sure that your management team is in agreement with that data so that uh, you don't end up in your planning process arguing about the data. You know, take the time to look into it. Take the time in advance to identify what you think your strategic issues are. We also, once, once we identify them, we will put teams of people together to help come up with more data around those strategic issues, but also to create alternative options, not to decide what they are, but to create what potential options are and how you're going to address the strategic issues. What this does is um, get you better quality information and input for your leadership team when you're in the strategic planning process itself. Equally important is that you're engaging more people of your organization and many times two or three layers down that are providing input into the strategic issues, they begin to understand that management recognizes these issues, but they will feel they have participated in it. And the result is that they'll embrace the execution of your strategic plan much more because they, they number one, understand it, but number two, they are believers that they, they help contribute to it. So. How does Jeff continue this process today at Seaman Corporation? How does he bring his associates alongside the strategy key leaders have put into place? So we have an annual meeting uh, generally towards the end of our fiscal year, which includes all of our salaried associates, uh, but also a lot of our key partners. Uh, so uh, some suppliers, uh, our accountants and lawyers and, uh, and bank and, and people like that. And the purpose, the main purpose of that meeting is to align the organization on what we want to work on for the following year, as well as make sure we clearly communicate the vision of our company and the strategic plan. We do this in August, which is the near the end of our fiscal year. We present how well we've done and how well we're going to finish the year relative to what our plan had been. And then we share with them where we're going in the coming year. And this is a combination of the strategies that we develop um, and more focused on what the annual plan is for the coming year. So they'll know what our goals and objectives are there. And then I would say more, more tactically, uh, I mentioned the vision into action document, which really is our one page. It's a, it's the one page document of, of everything we want to do and being able to cascade that to the organization through their objectives. Uh, has really helped us to align on the most important uh, things we're working on. And then finally, I think the other thing we we do to manage is a scorecard. Um, it's a strategic scorecard that includes all of the major key initiatives we're working on, including obviously our financial results, uh, but also some of the other efforts uh, operationally or uh, you know from a recruiting standpoint. All of that is on one scorecard uh, that we measure monthly. Uh, as an organization that we present to our board uh, once a quarter. 
there was one year where, and this is a number of years ago, where we were going through some difficult financial times. And my chief operating officer at the time said, I don't think we should spend the money for this annual plan. And and I, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with him, but I, I let him make that decision. Uh, he regretted it three or four months later because he just found how much more difficult it was to get everybody in alignment and understand what we were doing because they had not been part of that presentation at time together. Um, I think that's an important component to, to this whole planning process that's, that's important to be sure that everybody within the organization uh, understands where you're going with the, with the company. So after these two mini masterclasses on strategic planning and all the information we have just filled your mind with, what questions would Max propose to a company wanting to invest in their strategic planning efforts? You know, my first sort of conversation with people is what's unresolved? The difference between strategy and tactics can be a little gray, but strategy versus tactics is longer term, bigger picture, uh, less certain, has more unpredictability, et cetera. So I'll, I'll set that thing and I say, I'll say, you know, over the next three or four years, as you look out, what's unresolved? for you? What, what, what do you not have a good answer for right now? So the first thing I really talk about with clients is what's in play, what's at stake that really needs attention, learning, discernment, so that we don't wind up doing generic, you know, scanning of the environment. And I just, it's amazing to me how many plans I see that feel generic or are simply detailed renditions of what basically you're already doing. It's incremental. And the secondary thing is it being a great way to do team building. If people call and say, well, you know, I'm CEO, I got a CFO, we want to do planning. I say, who, who do you want to involve? And they'll say, well, I think me and my CFO and maybe one other person. And I'll say, well, maybe that's a good idea and I'd, I'd be happy to help you. But are you sure that you want to have it that narrowly held. To say the obvious, I think Dick would agree with me, I know, that because the pro because Dick believes the process is at least as important as the plan, the process is better if you can involve the doers so that the plan becomes the doer's plan and not the product of the, a narrow top of the pyramid leadership that then has to sell the plan to multiple parties that actually have to implement it. So I, I guess I'd say the two things. One, what do we need to resolve? And two, who do we need to involve in a way that would be really help you with a return on investment in doing this? We hope these two episodes have given you hope and encouragement in the security of strategic planning. Align your team, be nimble to navigate crisis, and grow exponentially. If these are your goals, strategic planning is critical. Richard, Max, Jeff, thank you for sharing your experiences and wisdom to help all of those listening. And if you find this information valuable, share it with someone who needs it as well. On behalf of Richard Seaman and Seaman Corporation, we wish you well on your planning journey and are cheering you on right here at Seaman Corporation. I am your host, Jared Ribble. Thanks for joining me.